YouTube. I'm Robert, and this is Biker Channel. These two guys I got on the channel with me today apparently can't fucking follow directions. So, <laughs> today's episode is going to be about starting a YouTube channel and uh, kind of some of the things that you go through, maybe why and, and whatnot. And the guests that I have are JF Rise, whose real name is James, not Jeff, which is really fucking difficult. And I also have... Mountain Bike Geek, who I don't really remember his real name right off the top of my head, but I'm also very bad with names. So, um, James, if you could introduce your, your channel and then uh, Mountain Bike Geek as well, and uh, we'll go from there. Yep, sounds good. So, yeah, like uh, Robert was saying, a lot of people call me uh, Jeff. <laughs> but it's it's James, and uh, I run the uh, the JF Rides channel, uh, basically just a channel where, you know, I, I basically go out, I do a lot of biking, and uh, I share the adventure with you guys. So thanks for having me on, Robert. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm John, aka Mountain Bike Geek. Um, I'm from Australia. I'm one of two really big, I'm not even really big yet, um, YouTubers from Australia that I know of that does mountain biking. Um, I'm a type 1 diabetic who's blind in my left eye, and that's kind of my gimmick. So I run into trees and whatnot a lot with my left shoulder. <laughs> Well, I like to collect bikes. There you go. Well, I uh, I also like to run into a lot of things, and unfortunately, I don't have the freaking uh, excuse of, of being blind one eye. If you have the ability to pump up your volume on your your mic just a little bit too, that'd be great. Um, aside from that, I'm going to go ahead and get started. And um, I think the very first thing when you're starting a channel that at least you know came to mind to me when I was thinking about what the hell I was going to ask you guys was why do you even start your channel? So I think um, we'll just keep going in that same kind of direction here. And uh, James, what, what was the reason that you started? I mean, I think, you, you know, when I first started this probably, I mean, back in like 2008 ish, you know, I just had a normal GoPro and slap that bad boy in my chest and go out and ride my bikes. And uh, I, just share the videos with my family and friends and they'd give me a hard time, give me a bunch of shit. And, uh, you know, after a while, it just, it's kind of weird because, you know, people kind of latch onto those videos that you post out there in YouTube wonderland, right? Where you, you think nobody else is going to see this stuff, but people actually do. And, and a lot of times they, they like, you know, seeing the trails that you're riding or seeing the experience that you're having. And I just kind of caught on to that. And I just kept building, um, you know, my videos off, off of that, you know, that momentum, like people were always commenting and like, you know, it's, that's a cool venue. I wish I could ride there. You know, I'd love to see more. So it's like, you know, even in John's case, like he rides in Australia. I love watching John's videos because I'm not in Australia. So that's that's kind of what got me going. Um, I just like sharing the adventure, honestly. I think that's really interesting because I think all three of us have different approaches of why we started our YouTube channels. And um, I think, um, John, I'll, I'll let you speak to yours and, and then I'll go ahead and say something about mine as well. But I think you came from from another platform, really, is what started yours, yes? Yeah, well, I'm uh, – a lot of people like to claim that I'm Insta-famous, um, mainly because I have uh, probably one of the largest non-repost Instagram channels um, available. For mountain biking. For mountain biking, yeah. So it's um, – I, I don't do what most – mountain biking things on instagram do which is they, they find other people's posts and then repost them no i 
I share some of my followers stuff. I mostly go out there and, and do my own stuff and post that. I, I made a promise to myself. I'm not going to be one of those repost channels. So, and then from there, I, I started making videos and things like that. And I was like, no, I should actually start making longer ones and putting them on YouTube. And so January of this year, I started my channel properly and uh, I'm now to like 1400 subs or something like that. So I'm doing pretty all right, I, I reckon. So James, basically you started because you just wanted to have a medium to put your videos on. John, you started because you were already doing some social media stuff and you, you wanted to essentially um, expand that and, and kind yeah. of do some, some larger or longer content. And for me, I, I had this idea originally where it was a website just for like kind of um, doing like documenting local rides so that I could, because there was a website that I, I had followed when I started riding, riding mountain bikes around this area. And I just thought that that would be a good reason to like, or a good thing to do because the guy that was running that website stopped. And um, when I started it, I, I actually was thinking about using YouTube for the, the, the website, for the website, but not the website for YouTube. So it was really just going to be like all like unlisted videos as far as YouTube went. And it was just going to be, you know, for, for me to put it on my website. And it wasn't until later, a few years later, because I have a good, uh, a good, I'm very good at starting a lot of things. <laughs> and so I had started the website and built 90% of it. And then, kind of got lost in the uh, learning how to edit phase. And then it wasn't until I started watching BKXE that I actually um, decided to start. So um, I think for you guys, this answer will probably, I, I think I kind of answered my second question as well. Like how long from the time that you thought about starting the YouTube channel was it until you actually started the YouTube channel? So, I mean, for me, and like I said, I, I started, you know, just posting really randomly back in like 2008, you know, a video here, a video there. And uh, I think up until probably like the last year, I mean, I think May of 2017 is kind of when I really started thinking, okay, you know what, I, I'm going to do this a little more regularly. I'm going to try to really build the theme and really just put myself out there for people to, you know, check out my videos. So I think, you know, over the last year, um is really how you know when i started developing it and honestly i think you know a year later here i am it's like 1400 you know subs and um you know social media has grown and just i've made a lot of friends including you robert you know we came out i rode with you i think for me you know it started off with just posting videos but really it just opened up this huge world of you know new relationships new people new places that i could ride and you know plan and organize with other riders to, to go out and ride. I just, it opened up this whole new thing for me. And honestly, I, I have no regrets. I don't think I'm ever going to get rich off of YouTube, Robert, but, <laughs> you know, being able to meet people like you and hang out, you know, it's been awesome. So I would say, you know, really within the last year is, you know, about when I really started to kind so of. What, it what, what I was asking though was like, so, and I think for you, because your, your, your approach was really, really so organic. Um, yeah. I, you know, for me, I, I, and it's funny because some of the questions that I wrote down, they're really based off of my experience. So it's interesting to have something like what you're saying was not actually even something that I was really considering about when I wrote down a few questions all up <laughs> three minutes before we started. 
But um, like for me, I was thinking, you know, like how much time was it between when you actually started thinking, and, and maybe there is a time frame for this for you as well, Joe, or James, God damn it. Um, <laughs> Um, so like, I'm John. I'm John. Yeah. So, like, from whenever you like actually started thinking, like, "Hey, I'm going to do this as a channel," until the time that you actually started doing a channel, you know. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people will come up against. They'll start out with why. Why do they want to do this channel? Maybe they think they're going to get notoriety. Maybe they want to get free bike parts. Maybe they want to make money. Maybe they they want to inspire people. Maybe they want to, you know, get over some, you know, weight issues or something like that. But yep. so that's the first thing we talked about that. But next, there's, I think for everybody, you have this point when you start thinking about something and how long until you actually started. And I think for some people, maybe they beat themselves up over that, you know, like, Hey, I started thinking about it for three fucking years before I actually did it. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get it, Robert. So for me, like, I had been thinking about doing a channel since probably about 2008, somewhere around in there. And just like, you know, of course, every, you know, thing in the book, like, do I really want to do this? Do I have time for this? Is this, why would I do this? Yeah, but I mean, since 2008, and literally just within the last year or so, I mean, is, is when I kind of started just going full boat with it. Yeah, so you were similar to me then. You actually sat on it for a while, but you had a channel and you were posting some videos here and there. Right. Got it, got it. And then, John? Yep, pretty much the same. I've had my channel running since 2007. Um, I've sporadically uploaded videos, uh, like just some edits, things like that, you know, trying to get some creative juice flowing. And then really, I only started putting effort into it since January this year. Um, mainly for I, I do have a lot of uh, sponsorships and things like that um, and just trying to get you know those, those brand names out there a bit more uh, encourage myself to get out and ride being a diabetic I do need to exercise daily and yeah just a bit of encouragement for myself a bit of encouragement for everyone else who happens to watch my videos and go well this guy's a slightly overweight diabetic with one eye that he can do it. Why, why can't I? Right. Definitely. So the next thing I think, and these are just kind of the ways that, that I kind of went through the thought process was, you know, after you, you, you started this or like in that planning phase, I think I'm one of those people that I, I, I get overly caught up in all the details. And because I've done some web design in the back in the past, like, I will like, I want everything to seem like it's been running for months before I get started. And I don't necessarily know if that's the right thing or not. Um, and, and John, we talked about this a little for you already. I, my question was, did you start with social media first? Like um, for me, I'm so worried about if I start this website, I want to make sure I have the right name for my, my Instagram. I want to have the right name, the same name for my Twitter and my Facebook. And I want to make sure that, you know, so I'm like kind of tossing all of those things around. Did you, what kind of effort did you guys put into to social media beforehand, if any? You can start on this, Jeff, Jeff, James. <laughs> See, I fall into the trap too. Anyway, yes, social media. 
<laughs> Jeff, I need you. Might as well just leave his fucking name now and get over it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Social media came as, as like something, you know, that came after the fact. Because honestly, when I started the channel, that's all I was doing. I was just starting a channel. I, I didn't know about social media and that, you know, craziness. So like the whole social media thing came after. So the Facebook, you know, Twitter handle, Instagram kind of came as like, you know, just this extra avenue to kind of get the word out. So yeah, for me, no, it, it, it came after producing videos. Um, you know, I'm kind of older school, so a little bit of an older guy. So social media wasn't really something that I used a whole lot. Um, you know, but I've been trying to grow it. And it's, it's, it's a cool, you know, extra outlet to kind of, um, share your, share your, uh, videos with for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I had actually started my Instagram before I even considered going anywhere near any of the other social media stuff. Um, my Instagram then somehow, cause I, I thought, well, you know what, I'll start a Facebook page and I linked my Instagram up to that. And next thing you know, my Facebook page has got nearly 20,000 followers on that. And, and there's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll get into Twitter. And Twitter is very hard to break into. I'll say that. It's got like 800 followers on that. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I started my Instagram, my Facebook page, and my, my Twitter account all the exact same time. And my, my numbers aren't like yours on Instagram, but I have like 1,600 followers on Instagram, about half of that on Facebook. And then like 15 on Twitter. So, <laughs> it, it's definitely, and I think that's something that is, that people should think about personally. And I, and now that you guys have some experience, maybe you'll, you'll agree with me or disagree with me. But I think that considering what you are, are going to be trying to do by starting a, a channel, you can't come into it and say, I'm not going to do social media. I mean, you can, and you can be successful, but those other venues with communicating to your subscribers really pick up the slack in places that YouTube doesn't. And I think for me, the key one was, was Instagram and Facebook because it gives me a venue where I, I can shout out to those people and talk to those people very easily and I can message with them very easily and it's easier than email and stuff like that. And, uh, and it also gives some additional content, you know? And so for those of you that are watching or listening at home, like you don't necessarily, like when, when I'm posting to Instagram, there's a little button on there that's linked to my Facebook page and that's linked to my Twitter. So it just goes to all three platforms all at once. And what that allows you to do though, is like I said, is, is, is YouTube has a functionality where you can just like send out like kind of text and a link and a picture kind of thing. But you can't get that until you hit 10,000 subscribers, which could be a very long time. Uh, how do you guys feel about what, what I'm saying? It's very accurate, to be honest. James? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, here's the thing. So we're at that point where we're trying to grow our channels, right? And I mean, we're, we're out there producing content. We want people to view it. And I think what it kind of comes down to is 
not everybody's on YouTube. There's so much social media, right? Not everybody's on YouTube. Not everybody's on Facebook. Not everybody's on Instagram. And so we, you know, if we want to continue to grow and share and get more viewers and, you know, things like that, we, we have to kind of, you know, embrace all of it. So it's like, you know, if you're not on Twitter with your, your 20 handles, nobody's seeing you on Twitter. So, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's just like, yeah, let, you know, if, if we're going to be out there, you're going to be social. It's like we kind of have to embrace it, whether or not it's it's growing or not. Um, I think in the end, it'll pay off, you know, as far as, you know, gaining a community there. But yeah, in, in the beginning, I never considered half of them. You know, I didn't know about Instagram when I started this. I didn't really know what Twitter was. And, and really, I, I had a Facebook account, a personal one. So you know, now, now I have a plethora of accounts, but I mean, it's necessary at this point. Yeah. It's, it's an, it's an extra tool for communication anymore. You have to be on there. Yeah, definitely. I think the key thing that you said there too, um, is that not everybody's on all those platforms. So it definitely makes a difference there that, um, some people aren't, aren't going to be on, on YouTube or some people like if I, want to say, hey, everybody, I'm, I'm going to go ride in Rockville, this local place on Friday. I, I don't have the ability to shout that out to YouTube without doing a whole video. And then not everybody that's in my area that's on my channel, not even everybody that's on my channel. You would think that like, hey, I have this channel. I have this many su subscribers. I should instantly be able to have that or equal to that on social media. And that's not the case either. Exactly. So, you know, then, then you, so you may have just a small number of people on that Instagram side and then another small amount on the Twitter or the Facebook. So even with that, I'm still only hitting, if I'm sending out that blast, so to speak, I'm still only hitting like 2,000, you know, three, 2,500 people. It's like half of my subscribers. And I would imagine uh, I have a handful of people, uh, a fair amount of people on Instagram that don't even follow me because of YouTube. Well, though, that, that kind of explanation, that's very similar to my story. I have on YouTube like 1,400 subscribers, right? Instagram, I've like 90,000 plus. I'll put it. Your, your audio is coming back through. What's that? Your, your audio is coming kind of back through. Oh. James? James? Yeah, so. Robert, to uh, this camera that you have it on right now, it's a little bit blurry. It looks like it might have a thumbprint on there or something. But uh, yeah, I'm working on that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, listen. I mean, we're we're out there trying to you know share what we're doing, and and we want everybody to be involved. And, and if I want to put together a group ride, yeah, I I have to be on all of it because the, the same subscribers that I might have on Instagram don't necessarily follow me on YouTube, and so um, I mean, it's just that's just the reality, you know. Of, of kind of doing this this video game on YouTube is, you know, trying to get out there through as many venues as it can um, to kind of build the biggest community that you can. I think that's, you know, that's ultimately the point. So, um, you know, who knows what comes down the pike next? I mean, you know, we go back to Friendster or something from, you know, 2000. Who knows you know, <laughs> what's going to happen? But uh, I'm embracing it. Listen, like I said in the beginning, I mean, it's just it's that extra avenue where I get to meet a lot of people that I necessarily wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet, and I love it. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've, oh, I've had group meetups, rides, things. Yeah, your 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 audio is just just hammered right now, John. You're 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 whatever you're doing. So, Robert, what are you drinking tonight? Actually, I will, I will tell you, 
a sad story. I'm drinking water because yesterday I rode up in um, in North Lake Tahoe, and the trail that I rode on was extremely dusty. And um, I just I don't know for whatever reason I, I I breathed in too much of that dust. And last night, all night long, I really couldn't couldn't sleep very well because. I was just like, I sound like an 80 year old guy if I exhale really. really <laughs> so either that, or I must have maybe in like sleep smoked like 10 hundred packs of cigarettes. So there's a possibility that that might happen too. You know, I was drinking yesterday, so who knows? I, I also can only sit in this garage for so long until I open a beer. There's like yeah. this mystical force that comes off my beer fridge that is <laughs> like, hey, you shit bag, get over here and eat, drink my beers. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, I didn't. I didn't know if you you just totally quit. This is the first time I've seen Robert without a Coors or Coors Light in your hand. So I was worried. Right. But hydration is I should just lie to you and been like, oh yeah, no, I drink beer with a straw. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Hey, hey, at least you're, you went with the metal straw there, right? Because plastic right. straws are uh, about to be illegal. Oh, yeah, especially here in California. You could lose an arm around your plastic straw. So, um, <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, just looking at the uh, YouTube stream, apparently Brian Vaughn says that you have an echo, Rob, and apparently I'm very quiet. Well, you sound good now. Hey, hey this this is this is the uh, the Jeff live stream anyway. Yeah, I think what he's saying though, John, is is basically I'm the echo, but it's coming off of yours. When when your camera gets focused, you can hear me talking like a uh, second behind or something like that. Huh, weird, because I've got my laptop uh, muted, and I'm using my iPad. Hmm. Maybe, maybe it's James that has the echo. We'll blame it on somebody else. Yeah. All of us blame it on somebody else. I'll take one for the team. That's the IT thing there, though, isn't it? It's always the best thing to blame someone who's not there. Yeah. So let's let's blame like Eric or, um, or Bobo or something. We'll just blame Brian Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely Brian Vaughn. Now, I, I, I do think it's it's on John's side because it seems like it's only when he has focus is whenever it's it's going through. So, uh, knowing how how great I am on um on freaking doing live streams and fucking them all up, I think this is status quo. So, um, fair enough. So, uh, Robert, what what got what what got you creating? I mean, your channel, like what what got you doing your channel full on? Uh, really, it was, it was. Oh man, telling me, me. Um, really, was just. Uh, man, let's see what I can do here. Let's get. Let me. I'm on mute, John. There we go. Nope, it's not John. Son of a bitch. Unmute him. We're gonna go over James. James, you're muted. Don't hear it anymore. Hey, John. Yeah. 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 The fucking silent guy over there pretending like he's got his shit take, taken care of. It was James. <laughs> uh, in your face, James. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> let's see if I can get through this. Maybe James can turn his volume down or something so it doesn't pick up as much. 
Um, for me, really starting the channel or really starting the content, it was really it was really just watching BKXE and watching it all kind of come together. So for me, um, I think that I started the the, the website biker.com and what really stopped me from getting started was the editing the editing curve we'll call it that which is just learning how to edit and once again like i said to you guys earlier i, I really have that that uh, ability of overcomplicating something simple and instead of using like a simple editor maybe something that like what gopro Pro puts out in my mind i i'm like oh i need to learn this like fucking movie making level editing software like Adobe Premiere. And I actually tried some other ones and, and that have all these bells and whistles. And, and really what that did when I was creating the website, which would have essentially started Biker's YouTube channel back then. I mean, I would have been a fucking couple of years ahead of the game actually. Um, and and uh, I, I would have been before, I could have been Seth, you know? But uh, and, and instead I just got so sucked up in learning how to edit that I ended up just recording and recording and recording. And I, and I hear a lot of guys do this as well when they're thinking about starting and you just get into this habit of you're collecting footage, but the editing process becomes so daunting that you end up just like, you know, handbagging a bunch of, of, of footage. Yeah. So, I'm yeah. currently in that situation right now. I have a ton of footage I can use. I just cannot come up with a decent idea for a video. I need to start scripting before I ride, damn it. James? <laughs> yeah. So John, John just, I mean, said like, you know, the whole scripting thing is kind of interesting. So it's like, I've never done that, you know, with my channel when I first started. It was literally just POV and me out there, you know, riding my bike. I didn't go out there with a storyline. The storyline was me riding the bike. So it, it's funny that John says that because that seems to be kind of a trend now. It's like, People are, you know, starting to kind of script out, you know, okay, here's here's what we're going to do today. Here's what we're going to see. Here's some of the characters that are people that we're going to introduce in these videos. And there's a, a, a bigger thought process to the whole, you know, video itself, which is something that I wouldn't have considered, you know, back when I started this a year ago. So I think the dynamics are kind of changing with the channels a little bit. Um, I think you're starting to see a little more scripting, and I think that's kind of a cool thing because it's a little more organized. Yeah, for sure. And sure. um, Pretty much off the back of the conversation we're having right now, for, for people who want to start their own challenge and break into it, my next video, I do have an idea, I just need to finalise and get editing, is um, what is the best way to film your rides? Is it by a gimbal or a 360 camera or what? And uh, I'm, I'm going to be basically going into in-depth, what's the easiest way of doing it? All right, now I'm just gonna I'm gonna mute freaking Jeff every time I don't want to hear him talk anymore, <laughs> <laughs> which is gonna be difficult because then anytime he wants to talk, he's gonna be screwed. <laughs> yeah, and for so, anyone wondering, um, the bike I'm currently leaning on this is my hardtail. I've I've slapped some DVO on it. I like to tell people this is where Brian's DVO went. So um, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there, kind of screwing around with Jeff here and his his, uh, <laughs> in his mic, mic issues. So um, what I wanted to talk about next, though, 
was so we talked about social media next is like once you start that channel how do you go about promoting it i know what i did and i am i'm actually interested to hear what jeff has or jeff james god damn it james what do you have to say about that looks like he's muted still you have to unmute yourself james i think i muted him you did okay there he is <laughs> yeah i'm not sure what was happening with the audio there but anyway uh well, i'm sorry what was the question robert because i couldn't hear you um basically i think what's going on is maybe your mic's turned up too much like a sensitivity <laughs> if you're on windows you can turn the mic down a little bit and you'll probably be yep. okay i'm gonna do uh, that right now but basically what we were asking and, and I'll, I'll let john go ahead and talk because obviously his, his answer is going to be a little a little more on the obvious side but what is the process that you went through to um promote your channel once you decided you were going to start doing it? mine is as you said very obvious i had the platform on Instagram and Facebook to get it out to and show off what this is my channel here go sub etc now the there's one phenomenon that I've noticed that promoting things via Instagram and all that is people will go and watch your video but they won't subscribe so you have to keep pushing it and pushing it. Subscribe to my channel, please. Like my videos, everything like that. You see it in every YouTube video nowadays, pretty much is sub to my channel, like the video, etc., etc. And it's mainly because you have to remind people, otherwise they just do not. Yeah, you know, and I, I have I have a really hard time with that personally because I, I hate listening to other people talk about, you know, like my channel, subscribe, like my channel, subscribe. It gets really fucking annoying. So I try to only do that on, on like my like updates or something like that. But um, outside of that, so when you were promoting your, when you started your channel, did you just kind of just blast it on your Instagram and that's it? I, um, yeah, Instagram stories, IGTV, Instagram posts, um, Facebook posts, Twitter, um, you name it. Well, I've even got a Tumblr page that's got like 1,600 followers on that as well. I promote it across everything hope, in the hope that uh, that I can get people to come and sub to my channel and watch. Because and, I'm getting like between five and 10,000 views per video kind of thing. But I'm seeing very little action on the like button or on the subscribe button and yeah, it's yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean, because you have you have, you know, like you said earlier, around 1500 subscribers, yeah, about 90,000 plus on Instagram, and then you're getting about 10,000 views. Um, for me, when I first started for promote promoting the channel, it really came down to me. Um, I, I used any kind of mountain biking forum that I chatted on. And I think that's the, the the key part to that is don't just join some forum and start spamming it. I mean, you have to make conversation. You have to make sure that you're putting videos in the place where they should be. The same thing goes with Reddit. I went to Reddit and I would post my videos there. I would talk about them there in different, different various channels. 
I um, use the Instagram and the Facebook, but honestly, Instagram and Facebook, those accounts were set up for me just for the channel. So they really didn't have um, any kind of following other than than what I, I had for the channel. So those people were really getting notified already by by me um, just from from posting on YouTube. And I think that's really kind of, you know, what I went. Oh, and the other thing that I did that I think is really important as well when you first start is I was on like every fucking live stream that any one of the big YouTubers was on and I was chatting on it and commenting on all their videos. Because then like if you have a, a, a an icon or something that people can remember that sticks out, and I know BKFC's talked about this before too, then people remember that and um, that's how then they start seeing you as part of the community. And whenever those other creators start seeing you a lot, then they'll mention you and in that process, that starts to give you you some traction as well. People will start looking at what you got. Um, how about how about you, James? Oh, I think I still got you muted. There we go. So I just unmuted. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I, I um, started just targeting. So, I mean, it's great that you're like, you know, trying to post it out there on the um, social medias, but uh, I, I kind of started targeting social media by like finding, um, the local mountain bike groups on social media. So for me, it's like, you know, front range mountain biking, uh, Facebook group, those type of things. And just kind of trying to hit the, the community that was around me um, that, that maybe want to see some of the newer trails or that type of thing. And I think, you know, that kind of built a little bit of a response. Um, you know, just trying to keep it a little more isolated. And like you said, it's like, you don't want to be spammy about it. So it's like, you, you really kind of have to whittle down, you know, how and where you're posting that stuff. So even on uh, Reddit, you know, you could post to a bunch of different huge groups that have, you know, 500,000 subscribers or something. But really, it was like trying to find those smaller groups that, you know, related a little more to what maybe you were doing or what trail you're riding that day or those type of things, locales, that that type of thing. Definitely. Definitely. I, I think the... the I think the key thing, uh, I guess I'm gonna have to mute him. <laughs> James, you're never invited. I've been invited, but it's all right. So, anyways, uh, I think um, the key thing. Oh wow, I forgot to change my camera. I just look at my belly. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think the key thing, though, is, is like what he said and, and I mentioned earlier is just don't get on there and start spamming, because if you're if you're looking at these other platforms and just spamming the shit out of people, they're 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 going to dismiss you real quick. And the Internet can be an ugly place whenever one person decides to be an asshole. It can start like an avalanche of asshole. And next thing you know, you just got a whole bunch of people just ganging up on you and, and, it, and it doesn't feel good. So I think the the next thing that um, kind of comes in in that pro or part, one of the other key fundamental parts of making a channel is the editing process and as as i said myself man that's what really i mean I, I think for most of us that's probably the thing that makes or breaks you either either a you're good at it or you're not or b it's so hard to learn or c it just becomes so fucking daunting you know i, I think that um there, there, that is, in my opinion, the hardest part of starting a channel. Um, oh, for so, sure. 
what what is, what was your your editing story? How did you get into editing, and Jonathan? And, and like, what did you? How how did you go about it to learn? Uh, first, I, I really started editing with like the GoPro free software, um, and then when I started using all the Garmin cameras, I just started using the Garmin software, and then I realized, hang on. Like this does the job, but it's not the greatest. So I, I tried out the DaVinci um, Resolve software that Lone Ranger likes to rabbit on about for decades to come. Um, that was decent, but it didn't do what I wanted it to do. So I started playing around with Adobe. Um, and unfortunately, there is an outlay of cost with Adobe. You really have to be prepared to get into it before you um, even think about purchasing it. Yeah, I so, don't know what it, what it equates to in Australian dollars, but I think if you're using more than two apps in the States for the creative cloud, like you can buy one app at a time. I think it's like 20 bucks a month. But if you're using more than two apps, then you can get the whole suite and that's about 60 bucks a month. So for most of us, you're probably using at least two apps, so you're you're almost there. Um, yeah, um, so. Lightroom and uh, Premiere Pro. Right, uh, that's like hundred and eighty bucks a month. Oh wow, Australian. Yeah. Good lord. How about how, how about how about James? What what would what did you start with? Yeah, so I, I initially just started with, with a MacBook Pro and iMovie. So it was literally just, you know, trying to figure out, you know, the simplest of the simple, you know, platforms that were free um, and trying to build on that. And I think, you know, there, there are some limitations, but I think, you know, you, you can kind of start with the basics. You can start with freeware, whatever it is. You know, even, even the GoPro software nowadays isn't too bad for somebody just starting off that just wants to start putting out videos. Um, you know, and then you just kind of work your way up. I mean, if, if money, you know, kind of allows you to do that, or if you have access to the better software, I'd say go for it. Um, I currently use Adobe Premiere and, you know, I mean, there, there is so much to that program. It, it could probably take a lifetime, you know, being a professional editor to learn all that stuff. But, um, you know, it, it does help. But I, I think, you know, iMovie is where I, I started off. And I think, you know, anybody, anybody who's starting a channel could, you know, easily use that. Um, you could use uh, Windows Movie Maker, I think is still, you know, okay on a cheaper, just beginner level. Um, and then the DaVinci Resolve again, you know, like John had mentioned, um, you know, there's a few people out there in the YouTube realm that, you know, really just swear by that software. Um, I used it a couple times. It's not bad. It, it's freeware and it, it has, you know, a lot of advanced features that most people may or may not use, but um, you know, I mean, for starting a channel, sure. Just start with the basics. You don't have to go into this, you know, dumping, you know, a thousand dollars on a piece of software. Just keep it fun. Start with the, you know, the cheapest or whatever you have available and go from there. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's, that's exactly what, um, where I was going with what I was saying is if you don't have money to burn, then investigate some of the freeware options. Um, DaVinci Resolve is pretty much perfect for everything. Um, as I said, I only moved on to Adobe Premiere because DaVinci didn't have exactly what I wanted. So I moved on. Um, but if I couldn't afford the outlay for Premiere Pro and, and Photoshop and all that, then yeah, I would still be using DaVinci. 
it is a it is a great program and for the fact that they offer it free yeah it's yeah the very first thing i started using was the windows movie maker which i don't know is is still available for windows 10. i think i don't think it works in windows 10 but um i don't think so that that was a really easy program to learn how to like just be able to like it just was really simple to use and and to keep things very simple with that it, it was it was a great program i'm actually kind of sad to say that it's not there anymore because i think even any of them even like the gopro program i think goes in with like this mindset of you are a video editor and and although they've dumbed it down um they definitely didn't do as good of a job as that te team from microsoft did on the the, the movie maker um, I, I can't speak to the Mac at all for the, the people that are, are talking about Final Cut Pro. I ultimately ended, I, I did use DaVinci. That was one that I downloaded because what I did was when I started my channels, I got online and I typed in, you know, free video editors and then started reading around. And I think that one came up because they were like, oh, this program freaking, you know, was used to make these Tarantino films and this and that. And, I was like, okay, well, if these guys are making these like Hollywood blockbuster films with this shit, it must be good for me. And then I, I loaded that program. I started trying to use it, but it was just like, it, it was like the, the best way I could explain it is like getting into the cockpit of an airplane and you see all these fucking dials and knobs and, and like blinky like lights and you don't know what the fuck any of them mean. And you're like, all I want to do is push the fucking or like push the gas button down, you know, like I just want to go, you know, and, and and so in the process of trying to find videos on YouTube to show me how to do shit on DaVinci, I would look up or I would like be searching like, how do you do a transition or something like that? And all this Adobe shit would come up. And at that point, I was like, look. If I want to use one of these technical programs, it seems like there is more knowledge on the Adobe product out there for me to learn from than it was for anything else. And that's kind of why I ended up leaning, leaning towards the Adobe Premiere Pro to edit with. Um, I think I want to answer one of the, the uh, user's questions that I saw pop up, and I think that it would be um, interesting to hear you guys' takes as well. They were asking, you know, what do I do first? And I'll tell you, this is funny. And I think this guy actually may be like really, I can't remember if I saw this before I started my channel, but I want to say that I did. And it was one of those things that freaking kind of st stuck with me. And it was one of these videos that um, Jordan Boostmaster was doing. And he does a lot of videos about editing and, and recording and stuff. And he said that the number one thing to start your channel is just to start your channel. And it, it's really the truth. Like you will be able to beat yourself up over it and you'll try to get this edit to be perfect. And you'll never get that. You'll never get that. I, I, I've been doing this for, for now, you know, a year and a half and, or maybe longer. I don't even know. And I, I'm still never happy with any of my edits. So like you, you have, the only way though that you're gonna learn is by just starting it. And if you continue to like try to get this refined product, it won't happen and you just need to go out and, and, and fucking jump in the pool to learn how to swim. I don't know, how about, how about you, uh, James? 
Yeah. So yeah, I totally agree. I mean, like I've never been somebody that, you know, got weaned in anything. I mean, everything in my life is pretty much, you know, right out of the frying pan and into the fire type of thing. So it's like, you know, I, I said, I want to start my channel, you know, back in 2008 is always an idea, blah, blah, blah. And I sat on top of it, but really had I just started it back in 2008, you know, we talked about it earlier. It was like, I could have a million subscribers by now. I could, you know, be Casey Neistat. I don't think I'm that charismatic, but I mean, it's, if you want to do it, don't wait. Just, yeah, just do it. That's, that's what it's all about. I mean, I think you're, you know, if you're out there trying to create a YouTube channel, it's because you care about what you're doing. You're into whatever it is that you're videoing and you'll learn as you go. And I mean, the thing is this community is so, so close. I mean, we're, we're, we're not huge, you know, especially the mountain biking community on YouTube that once you start doing it, it's like they're friends and, you know, everybody's willing to kind of share their experience or their knowledge and, and bring you up to speed or, you know, you guys can learn things together. I think you just got to do it. Yep. Just pull the trigger. Um, even if you don't have a camera yet, like a GoPro or anything, if you've got a phone, phone's got a camera on, get out there, have a tripod, yeah, have fun, film some bits of you riding, slap it together in one of the free programs, stick it on YouTube. Just get it out there. The moment you start, you're going to find someone who finds it interesting and will go, you know what? I like what this guy's doing. I'm a follower. My first subscriber that wasn't my friend, which was like my second subscriber. I think I got one buddy to actually subscribe to my channel. Then I walked around my house and talked all kinds of shit to everybody. And then uh, my second subscriber actually was MTV Savant. You know, which is funny because he has a pretty big channel now. And even at that point, I think he had like four or 500 subscribers. But I mean, it was just a matter of putting a video out and, and somebody searching for something. You know, maybe it came up because I was using some tags or maybe it came up because really there wasn't a whole shitload of mountain bike videos at that time either, you know. And, and um, somehow or another, it, it started growing. One of the things that I want to mention, too, that you said, and if somebody on the chat said, you know, that um, the best camera to use is the one you have, and that is dead on. I know um, Trail Features has done a video on using using your cell phone, and I, I can tell you guys as well, like somebody else is like, oh, you have to have a gimbal. No, you don't. You don't have to have a gimbal. You could use your cell phone and make some pretty sick videos. You could, if you do have a GoPro, you could wear that. I, I would say that if you're starting out and you don't have a gimbal, if you're using POV video, use it in very short, like, like bursts, you know? So um, it, it would be like, like only a few seconds of this or put then, you know, have your camera in different spots. So it's like, oh, you could mount it on your fork. You could mount it on your headset. You could mount it or mount it behind your, your camera, or I'm sorry, behind your, your seat post or something like that, and move forward with it that way. Like, you don't necessarily have to spend all this money on extra extra equipment like the gimbal and, and whatnot to actually make a successful channel. Like, honestly, for the most of my channel, aside from the, the gimbal, like, I've really used the GoPro for almost everything. And most of these other channels, they're all using, like, separate cameras for any time that they're doing, you know, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, more of, of the, you know, just chatting to the camera kind of stuff, you know, and, and 
I don't necessarily know if you need need to overcomplicate it, especially at the beginning. But as you go on, it, it'll it'll be what it is. It looks like um, we also had a late late uh, late comer here. So uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but yeah, off the back of the camera thing, see this? This is all you really need. Tripod, camera mount, phone. That all right, so Eric from No Front Breaks just showed up. Eric, we were talking about, um, hang on, somehow I got this thing where it's not switching now when I talk. Um, what we're talking about is just you know when people first start not necessarily needing to to purchase you know a camera all the camera gear and and the gimbals and stuff like that and we just got done talking about editing i think the next thing is that how realistic do you guys think your idea of making money on youtube was before you started your channel eric i'll go ahead and let you start uh i don't know that i've ever had that idea, of course, it would be nice to break even. Um, but even now, I'm still not doing that. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe that's like the end goal. That would be nice. But if I was shooting for that every month, I would be pretty distraught because I'm not coming anywhere near it <laughs> as of right now. So I think what I'm asking though is like, did you have an? Did you think? that making money was going to be a little easier when you started. I see. I see. Um, yeah, I think I did. I think I, I thought, I thought, I thought that, you know, uh, I, I would just put out a few videos and eventually something would just go like viral or something. And then I don't know, you, you always have preconceptions of like what something's going to be like. Uh, but I, I, the, it doesn't help that the bar keeps changing as well. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, like, I remember that I was, like, watching. I forget what it used to be. I don't even remember. That's that's how bad it is. They used to have a bar. I think it was, like, you needed 100 subscribers or something. I don't remember what it was. But to monetize you, there was a bar. And then they changed it in, like, February or so. Uh, do you remember that? And then it went up to 1,000 subscribers and... 4,000 hours watched, which is 240,000 minutes. That's insane. That's more YouTube than I might have ever have ever watched. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, it, one, it, it was it was hard to hit that again. I mean, and and you, now it's on a revolving status. I think I'm okay. I think most of us are actually okay. We'll hit that every month, like as a I forget what that's called. It's like an annually revolving thing. Um, but it, but that makes it tough though to to like. I think that, I think that YouTube when they made that that I mean there that's a whole other conversation. But I think when they made that bar, they actually made it pretty obtainable by that many subs. I think right at a thousand to two thousand, you should be hitting probably that much watch time if you're doing at least a video a week. Yeah, um, and, and and so I, I think that. Um, it sucks that they did change that. But on the other hand, I think that um, to make a very long story short, it seems like the main reason they did that was to stop fake channels from monetizing and popping up yeah. and burning. Well, yeah. 
I think why they did it too. They they did it to get rid of like those like pop up overnight channels that are like basically copying other people's stuff and then making a bunch of money before they get banned or whatever. Right. So I, I get it, but it's hard for like people like us that work our butts off if you say this is my thing that I'm shooting for and then it changes while you're trying to get there. So that it that can be a little frustrating. I mean, we'll we'll see how this plays out long term, but so I get why they did it. It's just it's it's yeah, tough. I, I understand what you're saying. I definitely had a little taste of that when I when I started my channel, the the live streaming came out. And it was like you couldn't do live streaming and and have you know the super chats until you hit a thousand subscribers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, just like, oh man, I, I just was so excited to do live and and um, I, I couldn't wait to get to there. And it was like like a couple of days before I hit a thousand, they changed it to let anybody do it. And I was like, you bastards! <laughs> it was kind of opposite of what you're saying, but I was like, dude, I fought and I fought to get there. And then I got there and you guys made it like, oh, that's for everyone now. <laughs> John, how about you? Um, yeah, no, I, I... I think I'll, I'll go ahead and speak again, just while you think about what you're saying. Like for me, <clears throat> I definitely thought that there was going to be a little bit more residual income initially. And I also oh, like severely underestimated how much work it was to run a channel. I, um, I would say it took me at, like, so YouTube, the way that it works is like you get, you get some money from the ads, right. That people are watching and you have to make like a Google account. And that account has to get to a hundred dollars before you get a check. And I think for me, it was like at least six months, at least six months. And so I got that first hundred dollar check that six months of like, I was like probably working almost a full-time job on my channel. Like literally like, if I wasn't working on building my website, I was working on building marketing materials. I was working on editing. I was working on driving. I was working on like it, it was an insane amount of work for a hundred bucks. How about you, uh, um, James? What, what do you think? I, yeah. So hopefully you guys can hear me, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so listen, I mean, the pipe dream of, you know, making a lot of money off of uh, YouTube, you know, right off the bat is, is it's, it's probably not going to happen. I mean, if you're not doing it for the love of what you're doing, you know, YouTube is probably not for you. But, you know, if you're in it for the long term, sure, you can kind of make it work. It can be a residual, re residual form of income. Um, but you're not going to make a lot right off the bat. It's not going to happen um, unless you're BKXC. And I think, you know, I'm sure it probably took those guys some time to start making money, too. But. I think, you know, what it kind of boils down to is, you know, trying to find uh, sponsors or people who are interested in what you're doing that might have products or things that they're willing to share with you that you can share with your community to kind of, you know, offset that. I think there's different ways to make money with, with YouTube for sure. I'm pretty sure Brian said that it was about a year and a half uh, into his um, channel and, and Patreon and everything before he actually started breaking even. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I had a conversation with, with Brian about that once. And um, I because I had asked him, I was like, do you think you kind of like sandbagged people a little bit 
you know, because he quit his job at 5,000 users. And I think what he did was not necessarily that he was sandbagging people, but I think he didn't talk about it as much as he thought he was, because that, at least that's what I got out of the conversation I had with him. Because he was like, no, dude, I was telling people I was using my savings. I was like, yeah, but they were really caught up in the story of, dude, you just quit your job and now you're flying to here or you're going to there. And they're like, dude, he's got to be making like freaking money. He quit his freaking job, you know? Yeah, no, he was definitely blowing through his savings. That's for sure. So somebody said a minute ago, and I have that on, on my list of things to say it or to chat about as well, is products and endorsements. So I know one of my goals when I started my channel was not to quit my job. And as I started my channel, man, that idea of actually just doing this all the time actually became something that, that man, I would like to strive for. But I also know that that is like very far-fetched idea for me and where I live and what my financial responsibilities are as a, as a, as a, as a person. And um, so, um, as, and I think that um, one of the, what I was getting at, that was one of the things that I was like, man, if I could make enough money to get like some of the parts that I buy anyway for free, that would be cool. Or even yet, if I could get like, get some of those parts for free. Um, once again, it's not like you get a YouTube channel and you get a thousand subscribers and you just like send an email and, and you freaking got a product. Um, how, how about you, Eric, since you're, you're new here tonight, um, how long was it for you? Because I know you had a little bit of a different circumstance than it was for maybe some of us until you could, you could get, you know, some endorsements. Um, yeah, I know when, whenever I talk to you guys, I always feel like, like because of my hand, for those of you that don't know my channel, I always feel like whenever I put together some sort of like proposal, business proposal to email a company or whenever I apply for a, uh, like pro program, I always feel like I kind of have a, I guess, leg up, hand up, whatever arm joke you want to make. Uh, so just, so, just so those of you that may be listening while you're commuting or something like that, <laughs> Eric is from the channel called No Front Breaks, and he's also missing his right arm. Right. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's from about a little bit below the the elbow down is gone. So um, yeah. Now, not not just that, but I've ridden with Eric. Uh, we rode in Austin and out at Reveille Peak Ranch in Texas. For having just one arm, he shreds, man. He is an absolute shredder. And I am actually very honored to be able to have ridden with him because it showed me just how much in your head it is to say, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. You can do anything you damn well please. Trust yeah, me. I guess it goes, it goes well to speaking with, you know, the, the, the channel that we're, we're talking about, you know, getting started. So what I was getting at with, with, with um, Eric, though, is you actually got somebody reached out to you pretty initially. Yeah. Prosthetic. And that kind of kicked yeah. things off for you, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I was riding without one and my back was hurt all the time. And I was just like showcasing local trails, not really like traveling a bunch. And um, a friend of a friend basically put me in touch with the guy that helped me out with my prosthetic. So that that changed that really changed everything for me. 
Um, so from there, from there, was it easy from for you to get sponsors and and product sponsors and things of that nature? Well, I would say that it was easy for me to progress at riding, and then because I was getting better at riding and riding like gnarlier stuff and actually starting to uh, ride super chunky, challenging trails, it was easier for me to enter races and start racing and then once i raced a few races then it was easier for me to just be like hey look random company a i wear your stuff all the time this is what i do i don't place very well in my like bracket but i'm the only person with a prosthetic that's enduro racing that in my area do you guys have a program or something like that so right so like for me i am um, i i I can say that, you know, I have over 5,000 subscribers at this point and um, me reaching out to companies is really, un I would say my hit rate is like one out of like 25 that I've reached out to actually will get back to me and maybe lead to something for, for most of my, the, the most of the stuff that you guys have seen me either give away on my channel or companies that I've worked with, like this hand up hat that is from actually meeting somebody in person. That's where I can, that's the only way that I've really been able to kind of drive those relationships home. Whereas uh, James, I believe that you, 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 you're doing pretty well at getting companies to um, send you some endorsements. At what point do you, do you guys feel like that was a, a like allowed? Like to me, I, I thought like, I couldn't even really reach out to a company until I had like at least 2000 subscribers. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was literally just, you know, I, I, I think that the saying, and I don't know who said it is like, you know, think, think, uh, think globally, act locally. So, you know, it was literally me just, you know, probably at, you know, a couple hundred subs when I thought, you know, Hey, I'm just, I'm going to do this and I, I'm going to be who I am and put my videos out there. And I start off with just the local places, like, you know, my local bike shop, the people who were there normally, I've been doing business with them for a long time. And you just told them, Hey, you know, I I'm out there, I'm going to start doing this online. And, you know, if you guys are interested, you know, I'd love to have your help and I'd love to support you. And that's really where I start off, but, you know, probably about, you know, for me, three or 400, you know, subs, you know, which kind of, I gathered over a couple months and then, um, you know, I felt, you know, like I had a little momentum. So that's, that's kind of when I just started reaching out. And I mean, it honestly, it's like anything in life. It's, if you're not the squeaky wheel, you know, you're never going to get any attention. So you kind of, you kind of, I mean, if you're going to do it, just go after it. Don't worry about it. I mean, yeah. just, you know, put yourself out there, be who you're going to be. People are going to like you or they're not going to like you. That's the way life is. And that's my approach. It's like, you know, I'm out there. I'm willing to represent something that, you know, a product that I, I like and I use, and I, I would love to put your name on, on my videos. And most people are receptive, I think. Yeah. Well, as as the saying goes, um, what's the worst that they can say? No. Robert, the one thing, the one thing that you and I, uh, I think I ta was talking about it with you, like just a couple weeks ago is, is, and for anyone that has like a smaller channel that might only have a couple hundred subs or whatever, the, if you're really interested in a company and you really like their products and you, or you like their bikes or whatever, whatever they have, whatever their product is, if you just reach out to them early, even if they don't respond, the fact that you reach out to them and give them your numbers at that point in time, they even if they don't respond, they know your name and they have your stats. Think about in three months down the road, let's say you grow by 
one third or something and you email them again, you're telling a story of your growth and you're telling a story of your determination and your, that you're serious about the channel and you're serious about riding bikes. When you reach out to them again, they're going to remember you. They're going to see your growth. They're going to know that you're serious about it and they're going to be more willing to work with you. And that's the way I looked at it. I started reaching out when I was at like 300, 400 subs, just same, same as James. And, and when you can say, Hey, I've tripled in size in the last six months. Like that's, that's big. That's big. These are marketing people. They're, they're wanna, they want to spend their marketing dollars with someone who is on the up and up. I think it's key to what he just said there too, is like, I think about those emails that you send kind of like sending out your resume. Like you can say I tripled my size and you may not be proud of yourself for being, you know, 1500 subscribers at that point, maybe, but dude, you tripled your size. If you sent them initially at 500, that is what it is, you know? And so, and maybe that's the sentence that starts out that gets them to read the next two, you know what I mean? So, so you definitely have to, um, to, to be um, intelligent about how, how you do that. And I think that anybody starting now or even maybe starting two years from now in the mountain bike YouTube space, they do have the, the privilege of following behind a bunch of other people kind of paving that way, you know? And, and so like a lot of companies, you know, a couple of years ago, let's just say before even like, you know, Seth and BKXE were, were part of this, you know, genre. They were they were definitely you know not keen to social media presence and and, and supporting them and and as this community grows then that will become more and more you know something that they are, they understand you know but also it may also make it harder for you to get in because then they're going to be like hey there's these other guys that have been at it for a while so th there's a, like a pro and a con to it in in, in both both scenarios. I think the next thing I really wanted to bring up was um, challenges. Like, and we'll just go go down down the list here, and I'll uh, I'll shout you guys out. And uh, so for me, the biggest challenge was learning how to edit. It really, really was. Um, that is what set me back initially by years. And um, if it wasn't for that challenge, I I. I would have started, like I said, you know, years ago. Um, I think that everybody has their own challenge. Some people's challenges, maybe not being able to feel like they can be comfortable in front of the camera or, you know, not feeling like they can tell a story. So how about you, um, James, what was one of your challenges when you started? Yeah, so for me, Robert, I mean, I think, you know, you, you actually kind of nailed one, one of my early, you know, issues with, with putting out videos was the anxiety of, you know, wondering what, it, what's everybody going to think about, you know, this random guy out there, you know, putting videos out there, like, who am I to be out, you know, on, on YouTube and, and really, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I just, I liked what I was doing and I really wanted to share it. And I thought, you know, finally, you know, I'm just going to put this stuff out there. And, and like I was saying earlier, it's like, you know, there's always going to be a naysayer. There's always going to be somebody in life that's telling you, you can't or you shouldn't or blah, blah, blah. It, it doesn't matter. Like, I just put my videos out there. And I think that was, you know, my biggest challenge was jumping over that hurdle and getting that first video out there and really standing behind it and sharing it, you know, through social media and other things. Um, 
And I, you know, I got a, a great response, and I think that's kind of what kept that momentum going for me. It's like, okay, you know, this is this is something doable, and people do um, enjoy watching it. So there's something to offer here. Uh Challenges for me, not so much the editing. I, working in IT, I I can get my head around any real program. Um, I think the biggest challenge for me is time management. Time I, I can procrastinate with the best of I really need to get down and say, look, okay, I need to get this video out and I need to get it out by this time so I can have it up and ready. And Yeah, that time management is definitely my worst thing. I would much prefer to be out riding my bike than sitting in front of my bike. I think any of us with, you know, a full-time job outside of the channel, which is pretty much everybody on here, that is definitely a, a huge, huge thing. It's like, how do you manage between the channel and the work that you got to do with that, your own job, your relationship, your, you know, possibly if you have children, you know, it's just like, so it's definitely time consuming to be a YouTuber. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And the more social channels you have, the more time consuming it is. Um, people ask me this all the time. Oh, how, how did you get your Instagram so big? And the easiest way to explain it is, is I treated it like a full-time job. I was spending eight hours a day. Uh, like I would upload my pictures. And then once that's done, I would go through the explore feed and find posts. Well, not from repost accounts. I would comment, like, engage with people i would like to be my audience and eventually they all started following me and getting onto it and i do the same with youtube i find channels that aren't yet discovered and i leave comments and and yeah it's you really have to treat it like a full-time job in order to get somewhere how about you eric uh, I would say that my main challenge is editing. Like I'm always really comfortable talking to people. I'm really outgoing. Uh, I make a lot of really bad jokes all the time. Um, but I think my one of my biggest issues is I can go out and record a trail from point A to point B and put together the most interesting pieces of that trail. But everybody can do that. So I think my the one of the most challenging things for me is being able to actually tell this edit edit video footage and capture all these other angles and b-roll and all that and tell tell a story so i think the, uh, time management i'm okay with i'm okay with i'm not shy or anything like that but for me it's always like the whole package video needs to be entertaining yeah yeah i definitely definitely hear you there i think you know for me, I think it's always, uh, it's definitely, you know, it was initially editing. I think it still is, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm probably my worst, my own worst critic, you know, and I'm just really never happy with anything. There's very few videos that I've edited that I was actually happy with when I uploaded them. And um, I think the time management thing, though, that, that um, John said actually speaks pretty true to me because I'm also a procrastinator. And, and that's definitely like, I, I always feel like I work better under pressure. And that's probably, that's like, that feeds into my, my procrastination because I, I just want to wait to the last minute. And then when I have that 
pressure of, oh shit, dude, this week's almost over and I haven't put out a video yet. I need to get my ass into gear. And, and that's usually what it takes me to, to actually do that. Um, I think moving on from that, um, how about rewards of having a channel that you didn't expect? Um, anybody, any, who, who wants to go first? Oh, I'll, I'll field this one first. Rewards of having a channel that I did not expect easily for me is all of these businesses that have come forward and said, would you like us to send you some of our product so we can get it out in front of all these other people? I never expected any of that. I ex wholly expected to get into this. I was expecting hard work and then having to convince people that their stuff should be shown in my stuff. I didn't expect them to come to me. And that is definitely a perk that I enjoy a lot. <laughs> John was, uh, if you ever watched John's channel or he would do some live streams with us and he'd always have this like pile of boxes behind him. We used to, we would call it Box Mountain. So, cause uh, with, with his with his Instagram stuff, I think that he's definitely, uh, he's getting a fair share of, of swag sent his way with no. I'm still working on my, my Box Mountain. I think it, it's equivalent to like a box box. So <laughs> it hasn't made it further than more than one. So how about, how about you, uh, James? I mean, for me, you know, honestly, it's just, it's been uh, meeting, meeting the people that I've been able to meet. Um, I mean, I, you know, I came out hanging with you, Robert. And I mean, without YouTube, there's the chance of us ever meeting your price slim to none. Right. I mean, honestly, I had a great time and I got to meet you. Um, in the last few weeks, I, I've had a bunch of rides that we've done with, you know, you know, people that actually watch the channel, I've gotten to ride with them and kind of hang out. And that's, that's been awesome. You know, just kind of opening up the opportunities and the places that I can ride. Um, you know, I mean, and honestly, since YouTube, I mean, I, I'm living in a McMansion anyway, you know, I'm just rolling the bill from YouTube, but I, that was, that, that was never the, that was never the goal to make a million bucks off YouTube. But I mean, honestly, having like, you know, some small sponsors and, you know, a few people that want to work with me, that that's been a huge perk too. So, I think one of my goals in the beginning was like, you know, if, if YouTube could just kind of help pay for the hobby, that would be, that would be a huge thing. And it, and it you know, my, my wife wouldn't, you know, complain so much about all these expensive bikes and stuff. And I think that that's been a huge help too. You know, what else would help is if you sold your road bike, you'd have more money for mountain bikes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, comment about living in a mansion and things like that i just thought of the best name for a channel of a guy who actually has the money doesn't need to work or anything scrooge mchuck <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm signing up right now <laughs> so eric how about some rewards on your end something that you weren't necessarily expecting when you started uh, for me, again, it's it's about the people. Uh, just like James said, like I rode with him and RC from Outdoor Gold and Joseph and all these other people last week. Um, John came here and I rode with him. I ha you're the only person in the stream I haven't rib ridden with yet, and I really need to. Um, but not not only just the creators, like it, the having someone approach me on my own local trails, like that's amazing somebody is like oh i found this because i saw your video about this place and that's super that's that's humbling to me uh as well as having like as far as the adaptive athlete 
part goes, like having someone, I was just talking to a guy yesterday. He like uh, made some like SPD clip thing from a, from a arm brace to go onto his bars and just having all these people who are making do with what they, how they were born or, 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 you know, like whatever their physical limitations are and saying, you know, Hey, I've, I've saw your channel and you tried this. Have you tried this? Like that's, that's super awesome to me. Like that's something that I didn't expect is just all the random, like hail Mary emails, people reaching out to me just to like say what's up and try to show me a thing or two. So that's, that's been awesome. Yeah. I, um, the boy scouts video. Can't forget that. I, I can definitely say that, um, I never thought that I would inspire anybody. Um, I, I'm not a fucking pillar of fitness. I'm not a badass rider. I'm just some dude that likes riding mountain bikes and apparently drinks too much beer, you know? And uh, you get these these emails, and I'm sure everybody's had them at this point, you know, like where people are like, hey, I was watching your video and it really inspired me to like do this or it keeps me motivated. I've had some people like, oh man, I've, I've, I've been in the hospital because of X, Y, or Z. And just sitting here watching your videos and they're like keeping me happy. And it's just like, dude, what the fuck, man? I'm a shit bag. Why are you guys fucking like writing me a letter like that? You know? And that was definitely something that, that took me by surprise. I really never thought that wasn't like in my thought process when I started the channel was that I would actually be like influencing people. You know, I just thought it would be cool to fucking get online and make videos, you know? Yeah. But I think that's why people love you, mate, is you are the guy that everyone can relate to. Like, you're, you you work all your hours in the week, and then you come home, you have a few beers, and then you decide to go for a ride, and you just happen to take your camera. So people definitely agree with you on that. Like, well, if he can do it, then yeah, I'm going to give it a go. Yeah, and I, I didn't think that that, like I said, you know, at least for me, and, and I think everybody has, you know, their their own niche or whatever that their channel falls into. I don't know, you know, if you, I don't think any of us set out with the niche in mind, you know, and, um, but I think Brian used to always say this on his channel, BKXC is, you know, your people will find you. And that I think is key to, what we're talking about here about starting a channel and, and what kind of you go through. And by the way, those of you on the chat, if you guys want to ask us any questions, go ahead and start shooting them out. Now I'm going to keep rambling for a, a minute or two. And then uh, we'll, we'll grab some questions out of the chat and try to try to answer those as well. So, but like back to what I was saying is, you know, it definitely, um, it's surprising how those people come, come to you. And it is, also, this is one thing that I think is actually a question that, that I want to ask you guys. How do you deal with the negative people or maybe people that have a sense of humor that you're not quite getting on your your, your comments and, and stuff like that in your social media? Negative people, for me, I just ask them straight up, do you want to come ride with me? Um, if people insinuate that I'm trying to put an angle on something that I'm not. I'm like, no, I never said I was the fastest guy on the earth. I never said I can 
wheelie for hundreds of, of feet or anything like that. No, hell no. I'm an average bloke. Somehow people like me. Just, you know, Jay? take the hate and throw it back. Yeah, I, yeah for me, Robert, I mean, you, you're always gonna get, you're always gonna get somebody that's you know a hater. I mean, unfortunately, not again. Not everybody likes you know everything you're about or whatever. But I, for the most part, everything that I've received when I've been doing the YouTube thing is you know I, I'm who I am genuinely. I just put myself out there. I'm not a different person off camera. There's no character here. So you either like me or you don't. And I, if you got something negative to say, I'm gonna I'm gonna feed it back. And generally, we we do do that. You know, what I mean, but for the most part, I think. You know, everything has been positive. I think people on YouTube are in, are out there because they're looking for things that they're interested in, and they follow follow upon your channel because it's something that they want to see. It's something that they follow. So, you know, outside of that, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're always going to get that person that kind of knocks you down a little bit, and it might take you back. But in the grand scheme of things, I, I think it's it's generally positive. You know? I think that's just how people are. You're always going to find that one person is just negative. How about you, Eric? I actually haven't found a whole lot. Maybe it's because I'm still fairly small. I just haven't found too many negative people. Or maybe it's just because wasn't there, like, wasn't there a guy? I, I want to say, wasn't there a guy that yeah. was saying you were like sandbagging and was like talking all kinds of trash to you? And then you were like, dude, I have one arm. Yeah. And then he like switched gears on you or something. Yeah. He was that there. Oh, there. I do remember that guy. I, he was like, I put up a little teaser of a video where like I had just gotten my prosthetic and I was on some like crazy overgrown trail and I was falling a lot. Uh, and he just went, he got really upset for some reason. Uh, it didn't really bother me. I just did the kill him with kindness thing. I was just like played super oblivious, like not getting mad. And he kept getting more and more mad because I was being nice. And then he didn't realize that I had one hand. And when I did the grand reveal, then he just completely changed his tune. So I felt a little guilty because he must have been like, he had this big backpedal moment where he was like, oh, well, okay, now I get it. But uh, I, other than that guy, I haven't had too many people be negative. I, th there's people that offer me advice. Sometimes I get a lot of the same things over and over as far as advice, like things I should do with my bike. Uh, but, but I can't be mad about that. These are people that want to help me become a better rider. So, yeah, that's an interesting thing that you bring up there. And, and that is something that, um, especially if you're a channel that wants to re res like respond to all your comments, which, um, I think is, is, uh, is in my opinion, a must. I think if you're not engaging with your audience, they're going to go somewhere else where they are getting engaged unless your videos are just phenomenally awesome, which um, most people, when they're starting out, they aren't. So, uh, um, and I think all of us can go back and look at our first video or two and we all cringe when we watch it, you know, and even sometimes it's only five videos ago and I'm still cringing. So, um, but. My first video I've got on my channel, if anyone wants to go and check it out, it is literally the first legitimate black trial that I went on. I stacked it, broke a couple of ribs, broke my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good way to start out a channel. Hey, check this out. I can't ride for six months. <laughs> <laughs> so I think for me with the, with the, with the haters, um, and maybe I don't get a whole lot of them because I'm, I'm kind of 
boisterous, you know, and people are like, I don't want to fucking, I don't want, I don't want to throw fucking chickens at the tiger, you know. But um, sometimes, like, I don't know. That tends to be like my approach too. Is like, I usually, if they're gonna say something fucked up, I usually say something fucked up right back. And mm-hmm. what I found out though is a lot of times the things that I initially took as like, oh, that was kind of ignorant. Maybe it's just, it was like their sense of humor. And I find out through like kind of bantering back with them that they were just kidding. You know, it was just like, and, and I think that that's one of those things where it's like, especially when you have a dry sense of humor on your channel, um, expect to have a lot of other dry sense of humors commenting, like your people will find you. So they're going to be a lot like you as well. So, you know, maybe not when you're reading that comment, maybe that day that you're reading it, um, you're you're not in the best mood, or you know something else went wrong at work, and you look at it and it twists you a little bit, and maybe that's not necessarily what the person wanted, you know. I think um, one of the other things that I want to touch on here, just just a little fun thing before we wrap it all up, um, is hang on a second, yeah, is um, one of the hardest things I think. For somebody like when, when, uh, cause I, I've done websites in the past and, uh, people will be like, oh, I want to start a website. And I always say the hardest part is choosing a domain name. And I think it's similar to the YouTube thing. So how did each one of you guys come up with the name for your channel? So we'll start out with you, John. Well, obviously mine is because I, I work in it. So therefore there's a geek part there. Um, mountain bike geek is mainly because I enjoyed geeking out about bikes, bike parts, going riding, filming. Um, yeah, I just, I love mountain biking. It's, it's in my blood. It's what I do. I am a massive geek about it. How about, uh, James? Yeah. So for me, I mean, JF rides, right? So it actually JF rides is my, my initial. So James Flanagan is actually the, the, the name my, my YouTube channel used to have is just, I put myself out there as myself as James Flanagan. That was my YouTube channel and people could check it out. And kind of as it, as it grew, it like, yeah, I mean, I just want to kind of condense them, but I, I made it JF rides. Cause that's what I, right. It's a bunch of riding, but now everybody calls me Jeff. <laughs> you, didn't know, you really didn't know you were changing your name whenever you decided to start. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, so uh, obviously I'm not marketing, but I mean, that's, that's kind of how, how my town got saved is James Flanagan. It was, I just reduced it to initials JF rides and that's, that's kind of how that happened. Eric. Uh, I actually put a bunch of thought into it and I had a short list of names and I asked some like a local Facebook group and a local message board uh, what works and no front breaks just came out the clear winner. Um, I did a little keyword research too. It took it took me a little bit to come up be the first thing to come up for that term. A bunch of motorcycle stuff came up for a while, um, but yeah, I I definitely thought a lot about it, um, especially like branding and doing logos and figuring all that stuff out. Uh, but yeah, it just stopped hey. now. <laughs> You missed the part of the, the conversation that I, I was uh, talking about that I, I overly think things out. And I think you and I have a lot in common that way. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was the same thing where I was really, I was, I was designing the logo and everything before I even started the channel because 
I knew that there had to be some branding that would make me stick out. And I wanted the name to be something that was easy to remember and also easy because of my web background. I wanted to like have an easy domain name. So that's why I, I spelled it B1KER was because it was easy to get biker like that doing the, the leap speak. And um, then off of that is really where I came with the, the slogan for the channel was, you know, because I got that domain, I was like, how can I, how can I now make people remember how to spell biker incorrectly? So that's where it was like, hey, it only takes a bike to be a biker, get out and be one, be one being the spelling. And um, I, I uh, some little things that I didn't, didn't think about, you know, at the time was like, when I made my logo, I put the B1 at the top and the biker at the bottom because I thought that it just looked better that way aesthetically. And now everybody calls me B1. I didn't understand why people always call me B1 biker. And it was because like my logo, the way I made it makes people think it's B1 biker. And I'm like, no, it's biker. I say it on every fucking video. God for God. <laughs> but um, so there's a couple of good questions here up in the chat. Um, one of them is, what was a key change or step that you took to hit and move past that first 100 subscribers? Uh, a combination of known tactics. I think for me, I can say I just was continuing to put my video out anywhere that I could put it on the web. So that, and my, my also my usernames in all of those places were biker as well, or biker B1, because those of you guys that don't know like how algorithms and things work, when somebody's searching for something, if that name biker, like when you're posting it on Reddit or you're posting it on a forum is attached to this video, those, those algorithms, when they're out there searching the web for stuff, they are putting that together. Hey, I'm seeing this name all over the place. And that, that will help to like draw that, that hit for you know what brings it up but essentially that first you know my channel was growing very slowly and what i did was i um I, I stayed with the community like i was talking about earlier and kept chatting on all the live streams and and then i reached out to brian and asked him if he would ride with me and that was really what kicked my channel off from there eric uh, I'm sorry. I, I started engaging with the chat. And <laughs> what do you say, shiny, shiny ball? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so what what the question was is now you're fucking me, dude, because I can't remember what it was. It was uh, oh no, the question was how did you get how do you get over that hundred that first hundred subs was you know a combination yeah. of things or. Or what was it that really kind of blew you up? Yeah, I started. I started the first. I had a bunch of footage, just like you talked about earlier, with like not starting your channel until you had like a logo and a slogan and all of that stuff. I started filming way before I started my channel, um, and then I, so I had a, and from doing all that like market research stuff and like putting out the first couple of videos, I knew what I was going to focus on right away and that was going to be like showing my local trails and maybe somehow spinning the hand thing in there and so i had a bunch of subscribers early on but the one thing that's really helped me just grow and keep at it is is just cadence like i knew that the more places i go 
the more video, more trail systems I film, uh, the more consistent I am with putting out a video. Now it's once a week, but it used to be twice a week. That that's what's really going to grow. That's what's going to keep people coming back because they're going to keep checking. They know what time to expect things. Right now it's Thursdays. Um, but yeah, I think that just just consistency and being dependent. Dependent. I mean, you're obviously the, on the other side of the spectrum where you're just like, when I film something and get it done, it's going to go out. Uh, but yeah. for me, that's what worked for me. Yeah, I, I think um, for me, I, I, I definitely, I try to make sure that I'm releasing a video a week. and um, But I definitely don't have a set time. And I will tell you that I'm also a person that learns things the hard way. And I'm definitely starting to see certain times that I release definitely don't do as well as other times. Like for instance, um, when I really lag, it'll be Friday mm -hmm. and, and Fridays actually really don't do well. You would think people are at work on Friday kind of like bullshitting their way through the last part of the day. Like I do. I mean, like somebody that I might know do my friend does. And, um, <laughs> you think that they, uh, they, you know that that putting a video out on Friday, you know, would get a lot of views from that. And and honestly, like that day for me is just like it, my my videos get get crappy views whenever I do that. And I think there's something that like happens with YouTube when when you your video doesn't start out doing well, it doesn't push you out to other places very well then either. So, how about you, you guys, James? Yeah, I mean, honestly, Robert, I think. I think that's totally it, dude. I mean, I, I, I was trying to do the uh, the early morning releases, so I would kick my videos off at like 4 a.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time. And, and those would generally do pretty good. So people would probably get them before they went to work or that or that type of thing. Um, what's actually what I've what I've actually noticed that's been working for me now is trying to kick out videos somewhere around like lunchtime. So people could be at work. We don't we don't really know what they're doing, but like if you kick it around around noon. Um, I do a mountain time just because that's where I'm at. Um, I get way more viewership um, right off the bat. And then that video seems to continue to, to kind of grow. Um, so that's that's just kind of what worked for me. Another thing that I kind of noticed too is seasonal. So like uh, in the winter months when I was putting out videos, um, it didn't really matter when I, when I was pushing them out. I would get a lot of views really fast. And now I'm noticing that doesn't really matter during the summertime here in at least in North America. I mean, it seems like my views have kind of gone down a little bit. So who knows? It's, it's kind of a magic equation, I guess. I don't, I don't really know. John? Uh, for me, if it's like Instagram posts, um, usually around 6, 6 a.m. mark for me here in Australia, that's usually when I get the, uh, the best engagement. YouTube, however, it's sporadic. I can release them anywhere. As long as I get that promotion out, I'm going to get views. I'm still chasing after people to subscribe to my channel, though. That's that's the big yeah. niggly. So I see Dad Bod Biker asked if we ever just go out and ride when are we always filming? Um, and then he asked if, if we ever, um, if it affects our enjoyment of riding. I think... For me, I've heard other YouTubers say that it's freeing not to have the camera. Um, I don't really notice the difference when I have the camera on or off, other than having to change fucking batteries. So, I um, I, I I do ride without my camera, but it's usually just because I, I'm like I have too much fucking 
footage already. And if I film one more goddamn thing, I'm gonna lose my shit. You know. So. Yeah. How about how about you guys? I see you laughing at me. Uh, is that a similar similar equation? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, so I was laughing at your whole. Uh, you're gonna lose your shit because you got <laughs> footage thing. Um, no, I find it freeing to be honest. Going for a ride and then without a camera, just do it. I mean, for me, I, it's like you kind of got to know when to put the camera down. Listen, I, I'm doing YouTube because, you know, I, I love doing video work and I, I love being out riding. But I think it's kind of a balance. It's like, you know, me and Eric and a bunch of other people, we, we did a bunch of group rides over the last few weeks. And, uh, yeah, it, battery changes and, like, gimbal problems and all that stuff, it, it, it kind of – it can get in the way of a good ride. So sometimes, you know, you kind of have to step back and put – Put, put the camera down. I, I don't think that everything that, let's say, I ride ends up on video. So I know some of the videos that I did with, like, RC from Out There Gold and, you know, Eric from No Front Breaks, sometimes I go out without the camera, and maybe it's just Eric from No Front Breaks recording. You know, maybe that's his video for the week. But, yeah, I think you kind of have to find that balance totally. So I, I like Brian Bickaxe's uh, idea when, you know, people – come to visit him or if he goes to visit someone else and one day it'll be Brian, the next day it'll be whoever he's riding with and then Brian again. So you're getting days where you don't have to run the camera. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I, think, I think for me, and I don't know about you guys, like, like, and I think there was a question about this, about how, how do you like, do you storyboard out your stuff or plan your rides and stuff like that? And for me, like, I actually have no idea what the story of my video is until I'm editing it. So like I go out and the story is my ride and whatever I just so happen to talk to the camera about. So I, I, um, I think that, that I guess that's the point of what I was getting at with, with the camera. Like, I don't feel it. I don't really worry about the battery changes and stuff like that because I, I want to capture like all that stupid shit that happens and I don't know. I just feel like I'm not one of those people that's like overly freaking like this ride has to be a mash it up ride either. So it, it doesn't bother me taking the breaks. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate people whose brains work different than me as far as like being able to storyboard and script or like plan out their shots before they go. Um, my brain just doesn't work that way. What I typically do is kind of like what you do where I just, I mean, I'm always looking for opportunities on like things that I want to catch while I'm out there. Like if something happens and we're all going to session something, I'm going to think about, you know, making sure that we're all filming, uh, you know, a bunch of people hitting like a rock ledge or whatever it might be. But I don't, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to write it all down beforehand. And then what happens is when I get home, I remember the one or two things that I think were crucial moments during that ride that I'm going to frame the rest of the video around, right? Things, you know, a, a, like a build up point, like for the one that all of us are coming, are going to put out this week, including I think James will too, uh, for our ride at the Monarch Crest. Uh, I nailed my shin. I had the worst shin dig that I've shin digger that I've ever had on a bike. And so that's part, that's the end of part one for the video. That was like the, the, even though the scenery is beautiful, that's like the one thing that I was like, well, 
that happened. So <laughs> yeah, that was a big shindigger though. It was gross. <laughs> that thing was horrible. You guys have to watch the video. So here's a good one here that uh, um, I seen this guy pop up on my Instagram the other day too, and his name is actually pretty pretty clever. It's Tugi Hauser MTV. So, uh, anyways, he's asking, do you guys worry about running out of content, or if you get injured or busy and can't ride for a few weeks, that you'll lose your momentum? Um, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I that's why I stopped doing two a week. Um, it's 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 too stressful. It's too much to worry about whether you're gonna have two videos every week and be able to spend all the time where all of a sudden something big comes up at your work or whatever, and you don't have the time to edit it. Like, I just don't like thinking about like wor worrying about that part of it. So I do one a week, and I try to have a backlog. I had that. That hard drive failure a while ago that reset me back to zero. But as as it is right now, I have like two to three months worth of videos backlogged, and that's nice. That's a nice problem to have because it means that you can go out and do a ride and enjoy it, enjoy the ride for just the ride instead of like, what's my story here? So yeah, I like to I like to keep a good backlog. James, totally. I mean, I think you know, for me, I'm kind of the same boat as as Eric. Um, I, my original intent was to like do like two videos a week and if you can, I mean, I, I probably ride, I mean, you know, four to five times per week, but you know, be able to capture that video and turn that into, um, something that's usable on YouTube. It's, it's work. It's, it's a, it's kind of a tough job. And, uh, for me, I've kind of gone back to that one a week type of thing. I try to just make a story, um, with that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are doing three or four videos per week, and I think that's awesome. But you know, I, you know, I'm the same way. I, I have a nine to five job. I have a wife and family obligations. So you know, one a week for me is great. I think you know, occasionally I'll throw out more than one, but that's that's kind of my goal, and to really make that one video a week, you know, worthwhile, you know, worth worth people's time. I think that's that's my ultimate goal. Yeah, I was I was doing more than one video a week initially too, and um, my goal was only one. But I was I was pretty consistently doing about two, and um, or you know one every couple of days. So maybe it worked was like two, three every two weeks or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I, I definitely noticed that you know I needed to pull back a little bit to get a little bit better on like to spend a little bit more time on my edits to be actually be able to learn more and, 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 and not be like rushing it out as much. And then, um, but to go back to the question about running out of content, I'm actually the opposite. Um, I hate having a backlog. Every time I do end up with about a month or so of backlog, what I end up doing is just stopping recording because for me, when I do a ride and I go home and then that's what I'm starting to edit. It's really easy for me to remember everything that happened on that ride. So I remember like, oh yeah, I said something stupid climbing up that hill. And I remember making some jokes whenever I was going down this one section. And I remember like talking to so-and-so in front of that tree. And whenever a lot of time goes by, what happens is then I end up having to watch the entire like three hours of ride almost at like regular speed to be able to remember what happened. 
and then it makes my my editing like process longer and then on top of that it makes like i lose my interest in that ride because i really want to do like the edit for the ride that i just did yesterday and so i i i like having that backlog for um you know the ability to, to have some time off but on the other hand i don't like it because it really it's, it's not motivating for me the other part of the question was am i ever worried about running out of content i wanted to touch on that because when i initially started i thought i had to ride a different trail on every video and i came to find out that you don't um it's a story and, and you just have to remember like figure out what that story is this time like maybe this like for instance the yesterday i rode a new trail but i could have had that exact same experience on one of my local trails and it, it would have been that same story, which was, hey, I haven't ridden in a month. This is really gonna fucking blow. And that's really what the story is about, you know? I think the content though, as you start to create the ideas for content, like they just come out of the woodwork where you're like, oh, wow, I didn't think about that. Oh, oh I wanna do a video on, on this. I wanna do a video on this. Oh, I can do it over there. Oh, I forgot, I can talk to that person. That'd be really, like they, they really just start kind of building upon themselves. You guys agree? I think so. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, like like we were talking about in the beginning, it's like, you know, trying to develop your style, your, your channel and things like that. Like, again, mine was just straight up POV. I'd put the camera on, I'd go out and ride, but, Kind of as I've been growing, it's like you know how do how do how do I make this more interesting or more valuable to the viewers? So is there a little scripting that happens, that type of thing? Like I think Robert, you you're you're probably headed out to maybe Interbike here. I think next month probably. And yeah. dude, I mean like you can do a lot of huge things with that. I I, I can't wait to see those videos. I uh, actually am uh, pretty good at just like walking up and, and talking to people. But man, Sedona was my first time of doing that with a camera in my hand. And that was awkward for me. It was really awkward for me to be able to, cause dude, people freak out when they see a camera, man. Especially when they see that little red fucking dot, you know? And, and, and uh, like, and, and also like for you, like as a person starting a channel, like every one of us now, you have no problem taking your GoPro out and standing in a group of big uh, people and being like, hey, this is what's going on. Blah, 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 blah. But the first time you get out of your fucking truck and you're standing at a trailhead and there's like 12 other people there that you don't know, and you're going to just take a camera out and start talking to yourself, you feel like a fucking weirdo, dude. Like, you know, and, and like to go and do that at a, at a convention where there's like hundreds of people and a bunch of other people that probably want to ask some kind of like, real question you're like you're <laughs> camera like hey check me out oh like, you know like robert i hate i hate to bust that bubble you said hundreds of people <laughs> let's try tens of thousands of people in your bike yeah yeah i mean like i'm just saying like when you're standing there like when i was in sedona you're just like what's right there it's like those that's how many eyes are right there you know like it's it's even as a person who has no problem talking to people it was really hard for me. And I think what I did in Sedona, which is gonna try to be my attack in Interbike, is go through and meet people and then tell them, hey, you mind if I come back by with my camera and talk to you again? And then that way they're aware that I'm coming and they know kind of what to expect. Yeah. And I think that all plays into, you know, in starting a YouTube channel, it's like you 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 have to be adaptable. Your your style is gonna change, your your video, you know, how, how you, 
whether or not you scripted or you, or you just did POV, I think, you know, all that stuff kind of evolves. And I think that's kind of the part of the fun of having a YouTube channel. It's like, we can do all these cool things once you get that channel and that ball rolling. It's like, the options are endless. It, it just becomes more fun. So um, I'm going to take one more question, and I think then we, then we can wrap it up. Um, I see CBYR asks, how long did it take you guys to hit 1,000 subs? So I'm going to ramble about that for a second before I turn it over to you guys. I think that this is the biggest problem with YouTube and being a creator is being stuck on how many subscribers you have or how many you're getting to. It's like, you know, when I had my son, I was always so focused on like when he would sit up or when he would say his first words or when he would take his first steps. And now that he's moved out of my house because he's 18, you know, 18 and an adult, you really look back and you're like, man, I should have just enjoyed the time that I was having at the time that I was at. And I think that's the same with the channel. Enjoy the people that are right in front of you. Like, just enjoy your channel. It will grow on its own and in, in the time that it's supposed to. Um, me, even though I can say that, I still am fixated on numbers all the fucking time. I think I was about six months into my channel. I was at 400 subscribers. And that's when I reached out to Brian from BKXE because he said he would always ride with people. And um, I asked him if he would do Downingville with me. And that was when I did my first biker event. And so um, that video that I did with him, not my video, but he actually did a video with me and his that put me up over a thousand. So it took me six months, but if I would have kept tracking at the rate that I was at, I mean, I would have been a year before I was even at 800. So um, I, I think that the key to what I'm saying is don't necessarily focus on the number, just focus on your content and focus on, on enjoying that moment. One last thing before I ask the, the or say to the rest of you guys, there's some things that I saw or I heard Seth talk about on his, like one of his podcasts or something like that. And he was like, you know, when you have this many subs, it's so fun and easy to interact. And, you know, can you imagine the amount of comments that he's getting, at, you know, almost a million subscribers? He may be at a point where, where, you know, it's just improbable. It's like impossible to have that kind of relationship with your, your subscribers. So I'm really trying to do my best to enjoy it right now that I can recognize the guys that are on here commenting and I can really like, like enjoy that part of it. However, YouTube with its fucking restrictions definitely pisses me off when I'm like, I want to be able to do what you get at a hundred thousand subs. And I want to be able to do what you can get at 10,000 subs. And it just seems like a lifetime away. So it's easy to focus on. How about you guys? So how, how, how long did it take you to get to a thousand subs, Eric? Uh, it took me about six months, but I, at, I think right at that point, that's when they made the, the requirement for, for monetizing. So I was a, a chasing that number. Um, but everything since then, I haven't really chased a whole lot of numbers um, just because of, of what you said. Like, I'm at 3,100 and something. Like, what's the difference between that and 2,500? Like, there's not a lot just means that more people found me, I guess. Um, and I, I also am the same way. I respond to every comment. So I, I'm not looking forward to the time when I can't 
respond to everybody. Um, yeah. So six months. How about you, John? Mine, uh, I was about 200 subs when I really started getting into YouTube in January. And I was at 1,000 subs by the end of March. So, but you also have a very good, you know, you have a, a platform to be bouncing off of, I think is in, important to to mention those of you that may, may not have been here since the very beginning. And he has a, an Instagram channel that has 90,000 plus sub, sub, or followers on that. So that definitely helps. But also as some other people that I've talked to through, through the, the, my time of doing YouTube, another platform doesn't necessarily mean they all just move over. Obviously yeah. you can take that and just, you know, overnight be able to, to get to, I mean, I would think, you know, if I was not a, a, a person that does social media, I would think if I had a, a Instagram channel, had 90,000 followers that I'd be able to start a YouTube channel and have like half of that in the, like a week, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I think what helped me a lot was I jumped in a lot of these kind of streams uh, I chapter to all of the various YouTube guys and yeah, just shoot the shit really. And uh, being on, on your streams helped a lot. Um, I know that for a fact, but uh, yeah, I was still pretty impressed to, to hit the, the thousand mark by, uh, by the end of three months. James? Yeah, so for me, Robert, um, I think, you know, to hit that, that thousand subscriber mark um, was probably, it took me about eight months. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was never really the goal. But yeah, it took about eight months of just kind of people, you know, finding me through whatever means kind of came up. I think a lot of it, you know, like John was saying, was just being involved and you know, being on your live streams for sure, you know, putting up with my technical difficulties and that type of stuff. So I appreciate that. Um, but honestly, listen, I mean, it's, it's not about the subscriber numbers anyway, for me, it just, I just like what I'm doing and I'm going to continue doing it. So yeah, I, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. And Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I appreciate all you guys being on as well. I mean, it definitely took some time out of your out of your Sunday to come out here and ha hang out with me. I, I want to throw out a special thanks to the people that I saw throw up some super chats there while we were chatting. Um, none of them were directly a question or anything like that, so I didn't, didn't, didn't uh, speak about them at the time. But um, in, in closing, like I said, you know, I, I really appreciate you guys getting on here. Anybody out there that's thinking about a channel, you know, starting a channel, I think the best advice, like I said earlier, is what Jordan Boostmaster said, just start. So um, that, that's really the, the, the best advice. And from there, you'll learn what you're doing wrong and, and you'll, you'll learn whether or not you even like it. And um, then, then you, can, you can just go from there. I really appreciate everybody that, that came from, from everywhere else to come hang out with us as well. And uh, look forward to you guys next Sunday at 5 p.m. PST again for the next episode of the Biker Bar. So we'll talk to you guys then. It only takes a bike to be a biker. Get the fuck out and be one, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>